Welcome to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, always proud to be filling in for the good doctor today. And I love it when really my St. Louis connect, I could call you that, right? Jackson White, yeah. <laughs> Rebel HQ, extraordinary. <laughs> uh, politics actually, and paper. Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I actually just got back from St. Louis. I was just gonna say, I just got back from St. Louis. I was visiting yeah. family for about 10 days. But yes, I, I was interrupting you though. No, I didn't see him, man. Okay. I, I, I always miss him every time I go there. But yeah. Uh, maybe next time. But no, it, it was good. I, I yeah. enjoyed being with him. He's a real one. I'm glad you took the trip to St. Louis. Um, I think we should begin here, though, Jackson. Let's go down to Montgomery, Alabama, yep. shall we? Because we do have an update on the charges related to that river boat brawl. Often I caution people, be careful with your words. But yes, this was a brawl. Um, down in Montgomery. So let's bring you up to date for those of you though who first need a reminder of what went down and the star of the entire, the entire exchange is a chair. Um, let's remind you. Ooh, confrontation with the owner of the So now that's your reminder. Let's give you an update on charges. Yes, three white men will be charged for violently attacking a black riverboat captain in Montgomery, Alabama. Those men will be charged with assault, we've learned once arrested. Even though the melee played out long racial lines, clearly we see that. Officials say for now the attackers won't be charged with a hate crime. Not going that far, not yet. Why, you're asking? Well, investigators checked to see if there was proof to charge anyone with a hate crime for inciting a riot even. But the actions didn't match the rules for those charges in the city with a history of racism. Authorities from the local Montgomery Police Department and the FBI said there is not enough evidence to support that charge. In addition, the FBI, the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency and Montgomery County District Attorney's Office are being consulted regarding the charges. Atlanta Blackstar with the reporting update here. And we should tell you at least one of the charges is third degree assault, which is considered a class A misdemeanor in Alabama, punishable by up to a year in prison, should one of the men be convicted. The chief stated one man has surrendered to the police. His department is in communication with the other two, preparing to turn themselves in soon. 
They held 13 individuals on Saturday who were thought to be involved in the brawl, but later they let them go. The chief said they are still investigating and more charges may come. CBS News now says police officers are asking the black man who was seen in video swinging a folding chair to contact them for a round of questioning. Okay, if he was my cousin, I'd advise him not to do that, but perhaps he'll want to tell something. Black social media generated many memes around the use of the chair in the brawl. I think it's the star, but maybe you'll have a different take. <laughs> Black Twitter, y'all are undefeated still, no matter what platform you go to. People even made a song parody of the chair's swing moment. Watch. Lift every chair and swing. Swing up the sonic rings, ring out them boys with all them paws and things. Let Aquaman please rise straight from the watery tides. Swing that chair full of the might of the ancestors behind us. Swing that chair. Lift every chair and swing to white racist ears. Do ring with the sound around. Find out. Gave me chills. It gave me chills. Okay. <laughs> the last part. Uh, almost, I wish we didn't have to believe it because I like a little ratchet mixed in with a little gospel flair. Um, Jackson, I want to get your take on all of it, the charges, the lack of hate crime charges <laughs> thus far. But, but first, a question. If you were writing a Hollywood movie and you had to give one star top billing, the chair, the hat, that was spectacular, or Aquaman, which one would it be? It will not. See, I didn't even know anything about this until I seen it through social media. So, like, they were saying that, like, the hat was the bat signal. Yeah. Like, I mean, people, I saw was people making a bunch of jokes about it. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, well, if this isn't perfectly emblematic of what this country has been and continues to be in many ways. And, you know, I mean, you can only have fun with it on social media. So, you can't get mad at people for that. But I think what I take away most from this story in terms of the charges not being filed for a hate crime is things like that are always in the loophole. So whether it's an example of this or corporations and banks getting away with ripping people off just outright, you know, things like this come down to the fine details. And this is why political involvement is cliche to say, but this is why it's so important, especially at a local and small level, which I really think moving forward is very important to focus on because, I mean, let's face it, 2024 is just like a bunch of old people duking it out. And then 2028, we may have some fresh blood, but for the most part, the federal government is just like a big lame duck session and it's gonna be that way for a while. And a lot can be done at the small level. And this is a small level government example. So, you know, if you want to get active, then this is a good example of where to get active. Yeah, I agree with you. Isaac Hayes the third, I saw his I believe Instagram posting where he spoke to the politics of this. The memes are great. People standing up for each other is great. But the reason you have a black police chief who is perhaps willing to see this um, the way that we think the video is played out here is because the mayor appointed him. 
And the mayor is also a black man, not to say that race is the only thing. But when you're talking about Montgomery, Alabama, it's a, it's number one on the consideration list here. I noticed you didn't answer my question. We're gonna go with Aquaman. Oh, okay, now I'm gonna go with the hat. I'm gonna go with the hat okay. because that—that's—that's that's what stuck out to me the most because it okay. just set everything off, you know. So that's what it was such with. flair. Okay, maybe yeah, I go yeah. with you on yeah, that yeah. one. Um, <laughs> the strictness of the language in this hate crime statute—you have to thread a needle in order for that to. It seems to be applied. And I wonder what you make of that. What can be done here? Because I often go back and forth and say, if you would just enforce the laws in the books, we wouldn't even need it. But that's the rub. I mean, in terms of, I don't have a, a law background, so I can't specifically exactly say what can be done. But politically and in terms of a movement, this just highlights the areas where we can get help. You know what I mean? Um, if Dr. Rashad was on here, he would be able to much better speak to the uh, specifics of something like this. But again, when it comes to local action, this is the type of stuff the city council is supposed to go after. These are the types of things the city council can go after. Um, especially you uh, brought up the mayor and how he's black and all the history that the city has. But again, um, you know, I can't answer that question specifically, but we can rally people within that community to do something about it if this bothers them. So I think that that's yeah. the important thing at the end of the day. Well, I don't have a law degree either. So I just spout off whatever I feel. And I think, <laughs> you know what, that sounds good. That sounds like the law. I wanna talk before we move on to the next one though about white people. Because a lot has been made about Montgomery, Alabama and the history and it's all real. It is all too real and it permeates that society and much of America today. But there are white people that I see who are loud, proud, speaking out about what they saw and how wrong it was for these perpetrators. And they've also been clear about what they believe the reasoning is. A black man's not gonna tell these white people what to do. These are white people who I was um, quite proud that, again, they're, they're saying it very loudly on social media, other places, I've seen them on cable. Um, what do you make of that? Is, is the world changing enough with respect to allies? Well, I think that one of the things that we see throughout history is that we do the same thing cyclically. So what's important for me is that, you know, what do you see? Diane Feinstein, she fell over. And again, I'll show you how all this circles back around. She fell over and that makes national news. Why is a politician falling over making national news? Because she's 90 and her time is up. And all of these people's time is up. Mitch McConnell, he 80. His, he just freezing for 20 seconds because his time is up. Joe Biden's 80. Trump, Donald Trump 77. These people, you know, kind of the era of the Bill Clinton, New Democrat 90s era is coming to an end. And, you know, Gen X, Millennials, Gen Z, we're just at a point now where we really don't have to worry and wait anymore. If we want solutions done, we need to run for these offices. So I'm at a point where I don't really care what these people talking about. I don't really care who's standing in the way of progress. We just need to go ahead and bowl them over. Um, we're looking at the final pillars of uh, the lost cause going down. Look at the type of stuff that Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. Um, we've been watching this for quite some time, but I'm to a point now where I don't really care what these people talking about. If we need to get stuff done, we can just do it ourselves because we at that point in time. Yeah, if you want to be a fool, if you want to stay behind, we'll just keep the trains pulling out of the station. Is really what you're saying here. The train is pulling out of the station. If you yeah. want to be on this side of history, you can join us. Okay, but it's it's chuck chuck chuck. You know, it picks up steam pretty quickly, so you might want to jump on board now. 
right? Exactly, exactly, pretty much, you know. And, and again, going forward, the more resources and influence that we accumulate, then again, it's our turn. I'm 31 years old, so like again, I'm to a point now where I done lived enough life and gained enough experience where, you know, you can get in my way if you want to, but that's the choice you gonna make. So, you feel me? Like, I don't really care what these people are talking about. Well, I'm a year or two ahead of you, just a year or two. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not a joke. And so I'm right there with you. I've got all the energy in the world. But let's move on to that Canadian rapper who's finally gotten, oh, yeah. some would say, his comeuppance. Tory Lane's update, he is sentenced to 10 years in prison. After several delays, motions filed all around foolishness. And what was really a divisive case within and outside the hip hop community by design, by design. Rapper Tory Lanez has been officially sentenced to 10 years in prison in the shooting case of Megan the Stallion. Boy, she endured a lot and he put her through it, didn't he? It was in December 2022 that the Say It rapper was convicted of assault with a semi-automatic firearm on Meg the Stallion. Having a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle, discharging a firearm with gross negligence. His lawyers have said they will file an appeal to try to overturn his conviction. Now, according to legal affairs and trials journalist Megan Kunif, who was present, at Los Angeles Superior Court on Tuesday prior to handing down the sentence. Present members heard arguments from both the prosecutorial and the defense team, okay? Judge David Hereford also questioned Deputy DA Kathy Tao on whether or not sentencing lanes to a 10 year sentence as opposed to the 13 year sentence prosecutors were seeking was appropriate. Lean towards the 13 years, citing the fact that under California state law, the love rapper, legally Daystar Peterston, would serve the full sentence anyway. Would not, rather. Okay? She wanted 13, she knew he wouldn't serve, not anywhere near that amount, just about 85%. As noted by the AP, the judge did not consider Lane's a threat to public safety, acknowledged the fact that the Canadian rapper had no significant criminal record. However, the judge also dismissed the defense's argument that their client was suffering from PTSD due to losing his mother at age 11 and alcohol abuse. As the team didn't meet the legal standard for either disorder to be established. Now, in handing down his ruling, Judge Hereford said, sometimes good people do bad things. Actions have consequences and there are no winners in this case. Lanes also spoke before sentencing describing Megan as a quote friend and someone I still care for dearly to this day. As it relates to the shooting itself, Lane said, I said some very immature things that I shouldn't have said. I revealed some secrets I shouldn't have revealed. Judge also agreed on two of the three aggravating factors the prosecutorial team previously cited as their reasoning for additional prison time for Lanes. Those included his use of a semi-automatic firearm and the traumazine rapper's vulnerability as a victim. Judge declined on the third factor of Lanes' callousness and the great bodily harm he caused Meg Stallion. 
A victim impact statement was read by the DA on the Savage Rapper's behalf in it. She stated how her decision not to show up in person should be perceived as preserving her mental health. And that since the shooting, I have not experienced a single day of peace. He lied to anyone that would listen. Houston Rapper also made it clear that she believed Lane's has shown no remorse and that his sentence will hopefully send a message to every woman of violence. Let's take you through a part of that statement. He not only shot me, he made a mockery of my trauma. He tried to position himself as a victim and set out to destroy my character and my soul. He lied to anyone that would listen and paid bloggers to disseminate false information about the case on social media. He released music videos and songs to damage my character and continue his crusade. The root providing that statement. In his tantrum of lies, he's blamed the system, blamed the press, and as of late, he's using his childhood trauma to shield himself and avoid culpability. For once, the defendant must be forced to face the full consequences of his heinous actions. And face justice. So Jackson, I I never was uh, a fan of Mr. Lane's. I don't know that I even had a recollection of him. So maybe I'm more than a year or two older than you. Okay, <laughs> not much, but he just wasn't in my sphere, if you will. But what well, I learned about him post incident, pending trial, he did every bit of that. He turned a good portion. Leading ladies and men against Meg. And the whole time, he wasn't telling the truth. What say you? Well, um, there, I think there, there's a few angles uh, to look at it. First and foremost, um, all he had to do that night, and I pointed this out earlier on, in terms of this exact situation he's in, all he had to do was not take out his gun and start shooting it. That's all he had to do. Very easy thing to not do. Um, but one of the reasons that he did it is he kind of has a history, a documented history, just kind of being like that, a loose cannon. Um, and he, you know, he's five foot three, 120 pounds. So I mean, take it or leave it. But that's where a lot of that comes from. So you know, that that's where it came from. He's a rapper. He's trying to you know put his image out, and he's always Rah! like that's just kind of how he went about. So he had a track record of acting that way, and eventually it caught up to him. But at the end of the day, all he had to do was not do what he did. And he wouldn't be in the position that he's in. And that was pointed out afterwards. He couldn't stay out the media in a variety of ways, whether it be making the music videos and making statements and making tweets. And now we're talking about only God could judge me. Like, not where the judge just gave me 10 years. But even outside of that, it's just um, on the flip side, in terms of where he was, he actually was. Um, you know, I'm 31, he's the same age. He was born the same year as me. I remember in high school when he was doing a lot to come up to where he is. He worked for a very long time to get where he was. And he earned where he was. He not wasn't just a recording artist, he was a writer. And he really was going, he was on a trajectory to become one of the people in the industry. He truly was. Once this happened, you know, not only just legally, but you could just feel it plateau even in his music and it, where where he was going. Like he just didn't have that it the same way anymore. But I mean, this dude did this to himself. There, there's really no, there's no reason to feel sorry for him for any reason. Because uh, again, at the end of the day, all he had to do was not like that's all you had to do, bro. 
but you did it. And then afterwards, you went on and on and on and on, and now you went at where you at. Um, it's pretty yep. pragmatic, it's pretty plain and simple. Yeah, it is, and it strikes me because you said something there, and I couldn't agree more. The judge um, kind of looked a little bit like Sherman Hemsley in his <laughs> day, looked like Mr. Jefferson. But uh, Tory begged this judge for a lighter sentence. Don't ruin my life, I believe is the quote. They'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it was something to that effect. And I remember thinking, you did it to yourself, but it's not that I'm not empathetic. And look, you lose your mother at 11, I don't know that that's posturing, okay? I think it, it takes over and it makes you who you are today in some part. Um, he did some great things and he also did some things that surely he wishes he could moonwalk back from. But I wanna talk also about Iggy Azalea, right? She wrote a letter in support of him that from online accounts, it's uh, she didn't know that it would be, she'd be outed. You know, she just wanted to support him and say, please don't give him a long sentence. And now there's members of the hip hop community, Meg's fans as well, who want her canceled. I believe they said they wanted her deported. So they both may be deported, who knows? Um, but what do you make of that taking sides in this thing where it seems like it's pretty cut and dry? I mean, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. He, he got the 10 years, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that whether it be Tory Lanez or people like even Andrew Tate, or, or there's or, or even um, what's the dude, Sam Bankman Freed. You know, often the, you see these people who are in these, uh, you know, real uh, court cases and they're trying to court the public opinion or however you say it, you know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. They try to uh, court public opinion. But at the end of the day, all that really matters is what the jury decides and what the judge decides and what evidence is actually brought forward. Like you can have all these people online supporting you, but they aren't at an actual part of the court process. So, you know, I mean, it, and, and you're the one who has to wear it or not. So, I mean, I guess it's, it doesn't really, again, it doesn't really matter what she says. Nope, it doesn't. The sentence is in. Uh, we'll see how much he serves. We'll we'll follow the appeal. We'll let you know. Um, Meg's still on top though, and doing her thing. Much more indisputable to come. Jackson White is our co-host today. Extraordinary co-host. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, who has the day off. Jackson White is here. Love is commentary, love is insight, is way of thinking. I love your Instagram posts too. <laughs> they get right <laughs> to the point, they get uh, right yeah, to the point. Right, right, right to the point, as soon as the broader public finds me on, I'll jump in. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. keeps it real. Uh, <laughs> we do want to mention the good doctor's book. Um, where does he find the time to do such masterpieces? Happy National Book Lovers Day. If you haven't checked it out, Dr. Rashad Ritchie, host of Indisputable of course, has a new book out. You can find it on Amazon, just scan the QR code. The title of the book is Ancient Egyptian Mastery of Quantum Physics, Vibratory Frequency and Geometric Sciences. An overview of complex scientific applications in ancient cultures. And so Jackson, I know the last time you were on, we both were going to read the book and give our takeaways. We'll start with you. 
Well, I, I have just not. Kidding. Yeah, I, exactly. I took, but what I was going to say, but what I was <laughs> going to say actually is early on my stream, I was talking about uh, Dr. Richie. I was saying every time I turn my head, he got something else going on. He the new head of this. He getting the street named after Amen. him. He getting an award from somewhere. And it's good. And I was like, well, he got a, he got a, a doctorate in physics. I was like, that's I right. He got everything. He's a real one. But no, he is like, a real I, one. We should read it and discuss it and do the book club because it. The title seems over our head, but Doc it keeps it real and he speaks to everybody. So I hope you all will go to Amazon, buy the book, just buy the book, okay? Let's get you some comments, TYT member. Trump's lady lumps had this to say about no hate crime charges. That Doc, Montgomery, Alabama, the riverboat brawl. Never in a million years would I guess a race war would start in the progressive state of Alabama. Come on, lady lumps, <laughs> but I feel you. Uh, the update on Tory Lane sentenced to 10 years in prison. Lynn has this to say, Tory couldn't stay in his own lanes. Hey, you guys are cute today um, and it's true. Wanna thank uh, Jenny Jupiter, thank you. Hey Jackson, love ya, she says. Oh yes, yeah, Jenny, yeah, she she always with us on politics. Super fan, yeah, super yeah, fan she, Jenny, yeah, she oh, she everywhere. Uh, Pritza Jocks, we appreciate you, thank you. Snackson. And yes, Fritza. Yes, everybody. Yes, everybody here today. Everybody here today. Okay. <laughs> you put out the word. And yet another. Okay. And they're generous. Lady T. Hmm. Uh, watch out, Jackson. Cougar warning. I'm prowling. I thought she was referring to me at first, but apparently uh, you do hey, have quite like the following. I, I, I guess so. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you know, I, I, that's all I'm going to say. I'm. Hit me up, you feel me? Doesn't bother you. <laughs> oh, that's goodness. all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Take your uh, shot. <laughs> then we'll save it for Love Island. Let's get back to the hate crime charges, the riverboat brawl. Jackie O has this to say. Get out your folding chairs. It's time for indisputable. I don't think Doc would mind that. I don't think he would mind that at all. Black woman, get him, Soul Life says. Um, grumpy cat. Do well, I like uh, the illustrations? A couple of chairs. Swing low, <laughs> sweet chair, Rieta. Okay. Get him flat top on the head with that Yeah, chair. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Keep them coming because there's nothing wrong with being creative. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, no. And we'll see what you think about this one because it's that time of the show. I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You feel right. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. You gotta get your dog. You gotta put your dog on a leash. You gotta keep your dog out of my yard. Oliver. Sorry. Like, no, this is not a sorry thing. This is like the fourth or fifth time this has happened. Okay, don't You're get rowdy. I'm okay. not getting rowdy, I'm upset. I'm not going inside. This is my property. I don't it's have to go inside. I'm not on your property. I never was. Yeah, you can't even pick your own trash when it falls in the front. I'm not on your property. You're yeah. Yeah. You look you look crazy. You look like you've Show you crazy. Show me crazy then. Come show me crazy. I would love it. Yeah. Come show me crazy. Take your ass inside. I'm not taking my ass inside my own house. I can do what I want on my property. I'm, I have barely even raised my voice at you. You're acting ridiculous. You're acting like you're, you're acting like a child. You guys go play and ignore this thing standing. You're acting like a child. You are. Is this how you talk to people? Hey, Carrie. Honey, I said 
Is this how you talk to people? Because I haven't disrespected you one bit. I wish to God. I wish to God you put your hands on me. You Girl, you better get Or what? You're on my property. Be on whatever. What are you, black? You're black? So you got right? Oh, girl. Let's make it get good. Let's let's make it good. No, 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 no. She got to say what she got to say. And I haven't stepped over my property line. But I will make sure everybody knows you're a racist. Yeah. Come on. You are racist. I'm not you racist. You think you're black, so you're up in my face, right? Yeah. No, I'm up in your face. Oh, she's you black, let... you guys. Be scared. Run. I don't give a flying You're purple. You let your dog run in my garage for the fourth time. My, my garage on my property. How am I wrong? Go. And now you're gonna put your hands on your mother and push her too? Have you lost your mind? You're scaring your children. Do you see why the dog was running away? Do you understand why the dog kept running next door to the black neighbor's home? I think we get it. This incident happened in North Carolina, according to a follow-up video shared on TikTok. The poster pressed charges against the neighbor following that exchange. And what stuck out to me was the toddler in that Barbie vehicle taking it all in. Jackson, what do you make of this? I liked the neighbor who was recording um, her self-control, how she was able to stand her ground, keep recording, and not get out of the pocket. Although, I don't know if there'd be anything wrong with that at this point. Well, I mean, I, 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 clearly this woman's crazy, childish, everything that was being pointed out. And I would imagine that living next to her on a regular basis is probably pretty difficult. If that was just one of the days, and one of the instances that was recorded, then yeah, I'm sure that things can get a little bit rough. And if things went back and forth like that day after day, then violence I'm sure would ensue at some point. Um, but I mean, you know, you can't go about your adult life doing that. At some point, if they get into a fight, somebody gonna get locked up, somebody gonna go to jail. That's all that's gonna end up happening. And then she got children. She ended up putting her hands on her mom. So, you know, I, I hey, they, they, whatever comes is her problem. Now we sitting up here talking about it, the whole internet talking about it. I don't know what her employment situation is like, but uh, yeah, you know, sometimes, well, not sometimes, eventually you gotta grow up and life will go better, but sometimes people don't do that. And what are the odds, do you think, that the next time the dog runs away, the senior citizen grandma follows and runs also to seek refuge in the neighbors? Uh, you're right. She's going she to get out of there as soon as she can. She's keeping everybody in that house captive. <laughs> she locked them there every time. I don't know, but I, I don't know how y'all get all these videos of who sends them in to you. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good look into the fact that, you know, America's a little bit nuts. We just covered that Alabama brawl. This type of stuff happens uh, out here still. Um, you know, and with the political environment that we live in, I think that we're going to see a lot more of it, especially as we get closer to November. Trump, when he gets his, you know, 40th indictment, it's going to continue <laughs> to ramp up. So uh, I think we should buckle up and, and just get ready for a lot more of what we've been seeing. Well, indisputable spared no no expense. Uh, a certain wing of the team, wish a Karen Wood wing combined <laughs> with what in the red state hell? Uh, they do an incredible job at culling these videos and outing people, okay? But you at home do the rest. It is much appreciated because one at a time, again, I, I believe that they've gotta be studied and we've gotta 
get whatever this affliction is. We've got to rid society of it. But in the meantime, we're there to document and to bring it to light, share it, expand people's view. Um, a lot of times I'll say this to Button at Jackson, people who act like that want you out of the neighborhood. Okay, as she approached the camera and then said, you're black, so you get in my face. Okay, it didn't really seem to jive with what we were saying. Right. She was like, you're black, so out. you have rights. Yeah, they want you out of the <laughs> neighborhood. And my home is where I enjoy to be. I want to be left alone. What are the odds that somebody's got to go here? Oh, I think it would be best if somebody does, because unless they can sit down and truly get over it, then it's going to continue to escalate. So, um, you know, if but obviously it's not easy to just pick up and leave. So they're going to have to get over it at some point. But now that her face is all over the internet, uh, I, I'd be curious to if there's some type of follow up into what happened. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if you got wheels, even if they're Barbie wheels, pack and leave. You got to get away from this lady. Okay, even toddler knows that. How fast do you like to drive? Well, you're grounded. They took your keys. If you are a NASCAR driver who is apologizing for doing something really despicable, not funny, liking a George Floyd meme. Let's tell you more about it. 25-year-old NASCAR driver Noah Gregson. Suspended by the Legacy Motor Club and NASCAR last week after being accused of liking an offensive George Floyd meme on Instagram. Now, the Instagram post Gregson reportedly liked appears to show Floyd's head on Sebastian the Crab from The Little Mermaid with the caption, under the knee, per screenshot posted by TMZ, apparently. He and some others thought that was just so funny, just had to like it. Legacy Motor Club said on August 5th, quote, we have made the decision to suspend Noah Gregson, effective immediately, guarding the actions that do not represent the values of our team. You see the statement there? And they put Josh Berry in his place. Days later, NASCAR backed Legacy Motor Club's decision. The organization decided that Gregson, has violated the member conduct section of the 2023 NASCAR rulebook and placed him under indefinite suspension. I'd be curious what the 2019 NASCAR rulebook said about this kind of thing, but it's just me. I'd be curious if anybody has a copy. Gregson has apologized, expressed disappointment in his actions on Twitter. You see it there, responding to Legacy Motor Club statement, quote, I love and appreciate everyone, he wrote. I try to treat everyone equally, no matter who they are. I messed up, plain and simple. Gregson is not the only person called out at their job for sharing insensitive Floyd posts. Multiple law enforcement officers nationwide, including Maryland, Washington, California, have come under fire following accusations of spreading the memes. Now, he said he tries, Jackson, tries to treat everyone fairly equally. What do you make of the response here? Legacy first makes the indefinite suspension NASCAR. It takes them a couple days, but they do it. Uh, well, I mean, I think realistically they would have to. I mean, if he's going to be somebody who's on, you know, front facing the organization in some type of way, especially right now with the election going on and, you know, kind of the NASCAR's 
but you know they have some branding issues when it comes to things like that, especially when it you know expanding outside of their core base. So you have to do what you got to do. But uh, I think in terms of his response in his tweet, I think the first line really said it best. You know he shouldn't have liked the picture. That's all he had to do to avoid this. This is another example of something that was easily avoidable. You know, I mean, you can think what you think. You can go about things the way that you like, but you know, at the end of the day, you work for this organization and now you're in the position that you're in because you like the picture. Uh, now people are talking about this because you like the picture. You could have used the burner account or you could have just looked at the picture and not liked it at all because much of uh, the online industry revolves around what celebrities of various sorts are liking and posting and you know, so and so unfollowed this person. You may do the most mundane thing on there. So oftentimes people who are in bigger positions, you know, they, they they don't post certain kinds of stuff. You know, like I mentioned before, like I post certain types of stuff now because I'm kind of low key. You can't post a lot of the way that I do because it's too many people looking at you. You know, so that's just kind of how it goes. When you got the whole world looking at you, there's certain stuff that you might not want to do. So this is another example. I don't, I don't feel sorry for the guy at all. No. Um, yeah, how can you? Um, Bubba Wallace is out there um, front and center, Black Lives Matter, NASCAR. Um, how much of this do you think is business decision? Because it did strike me that 75% of NASCAR fans are still white, okay? It's a very white sport, but it is growing in popularity uh, amongst a diverse group of fans, black fans, other fans, um, upwards of 25% now. Business decision or just trying to do the right thing? No, I mean, definitely a business decision. Um, and two, I think that this won't like, ultimately this wouldn't prevent the sport from growing in that direction. But since they want to continue to grow in that direction, um, you know, it's best for them to have made the move that they did. So uh, I think overall, when it comes to a giant corporation at the end of the day, they're gonna do what's best for their bottom line. Uh, even when it comes to a lot of like uh, Pride Month support, stuff like that, you know, a lot of that expansion. Sure, it's a good thing. It kind of helps to, you know, you know, make less of a stigma around people being within the gay community in some form or fashion. But at the end of the day, they realize, hey, you know, uh, gay people, queer people, trans people may want to buy our products. So that's really what it was. That's right, um, and they drink. Budweiser too, all right? Much more indisputable when we come right back. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, Jackson White, TYT, uh, Rebel HQ extraordinaire joins us today. Politics and paper on YouTube, um, we love him. And we'd love for you to stick around, much more to come. Welcome back to Indisputable, I am Sharon Reed. Filling in today for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Let's get you some more comments. Um, you all have been very active today on many of the stories that we brought you. And so let's talk a little bit about what you're saying. TYT members first, uh, about the Karen going off in the black neighbor during the dog dispute. The dog ran into the neighbor's garage. Um, Greyhound Dragon says, OMG in front of the children, terrible. That's what I saw, that pink Barbie car just taking it all in. <laughs> About the NASCAR driver apologizing um, for liking George Floyd memes. We'll get you some comments on that. But here, first I gotta get, boy, your your people just love you, Jackson. Okay, Twin Dragon Tamer, thank you very much, very generous. We love our snacks and 
everyone yes. to tune <laughs> into politics and paper. Okay, yes, they yes, love you. definitely politics and paper on YouTube. Tune they in. They love you. Got a lot you. Going on. Ooh, I, I, I changed my name to Snacks and Snacks and Jackson. I was going to suggest that. Okay, yeah, and go. get it trademarked and get the merch out there. Okay, oh, you better coming. do that right away. Reginald Geeter says even Karen's mama ain't safe. We did see Karen pushing the senior citizen and that's woo, that's a no no. Matter of fact, it might be actionable elder abuse. See Michael Henson, thank you. Be careful whose face you get up in Karen. You never know if they have a folding chair right around the corner. Even your dog wanted no part of you. Well, I concur, the dog wants out. Why else would it keep running away? Okay, it knows what's up. Uh, one more for you, Twitch, Karen goes off on the black neighbor again. Uh, Mana Lorian 84, the dog wants new owners. And I do think PETA should follow up, okay? Whoever she is, they have a way of finding people. So go ahead and follow up, PETA. We'll move on now and go back to school. Uh, this is disturbing. Principal charged with spending school funds on trips. I mean, these must have been some trips when you look at the number here. According to a Department of Justice press release, Nia Wilson, former Boston High School principal, is charged with misusing nearly $40,000 in school funds for personal use, including two luxurious all-inclusive vacation trips to Barbados. Wilson, who served as New Mission High School's headmaster for 13 years, admitted to authorities she committed wire fraud totaling approximately $38,806. And it was an elaborate scheme. 60 year old educator allegedly started requesting checks from the school's external fiscal agent account to be issued under other individuals names from September 2006 until May 2019. That reporting from the New York Post, that's a very long time. Okay, 13 years, wow. According to its website, the new Mission High School is an inclusive portfolio-based pilot school program that serves grades seven through 12. Pilot school budget like new missions is typically overseen by an external fiscal agent that issues checks at an administrator's request. She would then fraudulently endorse those checks to herself, then deposit them into her own bank account. Wilson repeated the scheme for trips to Barbados in 2016 and 2018 and even requested the fiscal agent issue checks for two of her friends who accompanied the principal on the vacation. So she became bolder according to DOJ. Christopher Demetta, acting special agent in charge of the FBI Boston Division said in a statement that instead of working on behalf of her students, Wilson abused her authority to use the school's budget as her own personal slush fund to embezzle tens of thousands of dollars to fund two all-inclusive vacations to Barbados. Again, for herself and her friends, one company. Wilson pleaded guilty and agreed to pay restitution. She will appear in federal court in Boston at a later date. Wire fraud can land a person in prison for a maximum sentence of 20 years, up to three years of supervised release and a fine of up to $250,000. The DOJ added that the details contained in Wilson's charging documents are allegations until she's proven guilty. Again, she pleaded just going through the process. What she did and apparently has agreed with the charging document, Jackson, is despicable. Again, 
What about the children? But I want to focus on the 13 years that she got away with this. Who's to blame for that? Um, well, I think first thing when it comes to that 13 years, that she has absolutely no defense, which she, you know, which is why she pleaded guilty because, you know, and you pointed out too in terms of how bold she was, she got very, very comfortable. She had to have dipped her toes in first, but that's the thing about depravity. You know what I'm saying? You get too comfortable with it, next thing you know, you neck deep, you all the way deep down inside of it. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, somebody had to have seen uh, the numbers going missing to some degree. It may not have been some huge. Uh, net-wide scam, but uh, she wasn't doing it alone, uh, for sure and for certain. Um, but I mean, you know, it, it won. Yes, obviously she's taking money away from the kids, but you know, start a side hustle of some type. You got a good resume if you're in that type of position. You could do something, make OnlyFans or something. It's all types of things you can do these days. You mm -hmm. feel me? But like literally, that would have been a better look. You know what I'm saying? You would have had to deal with with all types of stuff, but that would have been a better look than this. Like, well, you know, I. I wanted a little more out of life, so I just started stealing from the children. Yeah. You feel me? Like, there's no way that you could positively uh, turn that into a good spin. Um, and and I've heard, Jackson, that the yeah. OnlyFans that you mentioned, and there's no shame in the game if that's what you want, and not everyone is nude there, but I heard it's unlimited uh, amount of money one could make if they're creative. Right. Right, you know, you just got a W-9 and you know, pay your taxes at the end of the day, but you good, you feel me? Like you ain't gonna have to deal with none of this uh, none of this nonsense and this BS on the side. Um, but people kill me when they think that they gonna get away with stuff like this at the end of the day. It's like, you know, whether it just be the easy paper trail, but also there's something about being involved in fraud to where it's like, you know, all of a sudden you can do these luxurious things and no one's gonna think about that. You know, last week I was poor, but this week I'm riding around in this in this mm. in this purple, this bright blue Lamborghini. Like, oh, that that's totally legitimate. And I mean, she wasn't riding around in a Benz or a Bima or nothing like that to my knowledge, but she going on all these vacations with this money. If you get too comfortable and you think that you're untouchable, then that's how people like that go down. Yeah, I think you're right. And I bet you if we went to her Facebook or Instagram, there would be <laughs> the, the photo spread, Barbados, right, yeah. me and my girls. Uh, but the, the comfortability, okay, comfortability of her inviting the friends, writing checks, commissioning checks being written to the friends, that is rich. I though <laughs> still think that those who oversee these funds have a duty, a fiduciary duty to do better than that. 13 years, Yeah, she's culpable, but somebody else should be on the hook. That's just my take. I don't know if you could legally do that. But if I give you a job and say, Jackson, could you watch my bank account? And for 13 years, the money flies out and you keep sending out checks. I'm pretty sure we have to have a conversation about this. Right, you know, again, because she, there's no way that she was doing this by herself. So maybe there are a couple of people who have gone down or will go down, we, we have yet to see. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, shame on her. And again, she has absolutely no defense. What are you gonna say? It's like, well, a couple times I slipped up. No, you did this for 13 years. Yeah. fourth worker arrested at a daycare for abuse. Update to a story we brought you last week. And now four Eunice Daycare Center employees have been arrested and they are charged. Looking at the mugshots, Eunice police arrested Catherine Michelle Fontenot on Monday. Joining Chastity Monique Gilroy and Caitlin Andrea Pont Ducet. Okay, she's on the ride. 
They were arrested last Friday, Alyssa Eve Dupree on the left here on the first. Images of Fontenot and Gilor have not been released. All four women though are on felony warrant for six counts of principal to cruelty to juveniles. So these are serious charges. Disturbing footage obtained by local news earlier this month shows employees duct taping children to chairs, scaring them with masks to the point of tears, throwing cheese at their faces. Employees are seen laughing as the children cry for help. According to a family, to former employees, the abuse had been going on for years. And there you see some of the screen grabs here. It's just despicable as a parent to think that your child will be going through this and you're not around to help them. Additional information via records of the Louisiana Department of Education show the daycare has been subjected to 15 inspections, among which nine came back flagged for deficiencies. Again, accountability along the way. According to Eunice Chief of Police, Kyle LaBeouf, the investigation is still ongoing. So again, if true, okay, and, and there's footage, Jackson. And we showed some of the screen grabs and we described what the footage shows. It's despicable, but ongoing for years. All of these deficiencies, nine out of 15. What's the purpose of doing these inspections if we're not catching these repeat and widespread offenses? Well, I think that really comes down to the enforcement. Who, how are we enforcing these inspections? Because you know they came back with nine deficiencies nine different times, and oftentimes, whether you know whether it's departments like this or auditing elsewhere, you know the Pentagon comes back and they miss trillions of dollars. So so much of it is just you find the information, but is there actually going to be anything done about it? And that's really what it comes down to, because I mean this is like really as low as you can get in terms of you know on the human spectrum in terms of what we're able to do to each other the pain we're able to inflict how many things have to go wrong for you to be that type of a sadist against children um and then basically maneuver yourself into a situation to where you can carry that out because you can hide in plain sight in some type of way i mean they were doing that because they wanted to do it there's no other good reason for it um, so the fact that these types of individuals can slip past and then um, our early childhood education uh, is incredibly unaffordable. When I was in St. Louis, I was uh, we were watching the fight and some dude was talking about $2,400 a month uh, for daycare. You know, so again, like people are paying this type of money, uh, we should be able to trust the people's hands who we leave our children with. Um, but we have to enforce things when we find that there's discrepancies and they saw that here. Yeah, and I can't help but wondering as we wind down on this one, Jackson, when we, and if we have the mugshots to put back up, we look at, um, well, white tears while the screen grabs show at least one or more children of color. Louisiana has a history, of course, that I hope we all have a common understanding of. It is amongst the bottom when it comes nationally to education and the like. But I wonder, and these are felony charges. I do wonder and I wanna reserve and follow the story through conclusion. If someone will feel sorry for the wrong party, 
in this one. I'll give you the last word. Oh, I'm sure some someone somewhere will, but perhaps this one is so egregious that they won't air it on television or, or take it up as part of their uh, of their marketing. I think we may not see this one for that. Now again, the the Alabama boat thing that's different, you know. But this is involving children, so I think it'll, if there's anyone supporting this, they'll keep it on the hush. Keep it on the hush, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, yeah. We'll see, we'll check and see if there's a GoFundMe already for these perps and then I'll let you know. Uh, much more right. indisputable to come, I'm Sharon Reading for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Jackson White joins us as co-host today, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie who has the day off. Jackson White is here and we were just talking Jackson about how we love when people get involved, okay? Viewers make the stories and the comments are um, in many cases rich. So let's give you some more TYT member winner's scoop about that principal charge of spending $40,000, went to Barbados, took her girlfriends, um, wow. Stole funds from the school, at least that's the allegation, she's pled guilty. Winner's scoop says, see, the problem is that she didn't steal enough to get to the other side of the justice system. $40,000 just isn't rich folk numbers. I think you make a strong point, okay? Had it been 40 million, nobody goes to jail, okay? You might not even be charged criminally, okay? YouTube about the principal Snack Panther says, how did you not think you would get caught? Same thing Jackson said, echoing that, but apparently 13 years, okay? Siphoning funds meant to support the children into her own pockets, sickening, code SM96 says. Um, about the daycare, fourth worker, the update we just gave you, arrested, abusing children, felony charges. The voodoo you do says, that place should have been shut down, state of Louisiana, at it again. And we'll give you one more, Omega Shen Ron Dragon. <laughs> Like that Abbott elementary principal with her fancy purchases or trips, but with less morals. Why can't she use a pay later thing for her trips? I worked in a job like this and for her to do that, when the Department of Education denies the Bronx any real funding seriously bothers me. Or like Jackson said, gets you an OnlyFans and pay for all. If you like to travel, that's great. If you like to travel, that's great. There's other options. For that. You gotta yeah. pay for that, not the you kids. Not the kids over 13 years. We'll move on because this is a disturbing one. Cops ram a teenager's car who was rushing their mother to the hospital. Mother in an emergency health crisis, trying to get mom to the hospital. 18 year old Kenachia Mos was speeding on the highway en route to take her mother to the ER, leading Arkansas authorities to use the pit maneuver to stop the vehicle. June 30th, when the teen who was facing a misdemeanor fleeing charge was rushing her mother to a local hospital in Little Rock because she believed she was having a heart attack. According to KATV, Finocchia pleaded not guilty to the charge last week and has a court date in September. Her mother, Tahira Hart, told KTV, noting that she had surgery a few days before. My chest started hurting real bad and it started feeling like it was tightening up. So I told my kids, come on, let's go, take me back to the emergency room. Partner daughters, Kenochia, who was the driver, 
and Kenochia. They all hopped into the car to make their way to Baptist Health Medical Center, darting on Interstate 630, according to the report. Their hazard lights were flashing during the time of the incident. Atlanta Black Star with the reporting. Footage obtained by the news station shows the moment an Arkansas State Police Trooper used the pit maneuver as Kenochia exited the highway. And after the trooper, Monte Hernandez rammed the family vehicle, Kenochia immediately put her hands up and the sisters could be heard wailing and begging the officers to help their mother. You gotta help me, please, please help my mama. Kenochia has heard yelling multiple times in the video. I'm trying to get my mother to the hospital, the teen said, responding to Hernandez while getting handcuffed by officers at the scene. Now, according to the police report, local Little Rock police initially attempted to stop Hart and her daughters, but couldn't. That's when Hernandez got involved. During the encounter, Kenochia was let go, was able to take her mother to the hospital per the outlet. And in August 1 statement, ASP Colonel Mike Hager said they stand by the troopers actions considering the totality of the circumstances. Now, in addition, the agency said that while driving the teen reached 115 miles per hour and didn't stop when Little Rock police turned on their lights. They added that the teen skipped two hospitals on their journey. No one was injured during the incident, officials said. Now, troopers are trained to consider numerous factors to reduce the risk of serious physical injury or death to innocent members of the public, the officer and the suspect. It is ASP's duty to put the safety of the public ahead of all other factors, the statement said, adding driving to the emergency room does not give someone a free pass to speed, violate laws and endanger the public. Jackson, you first. Well, I think everybody in this situation was clearly panicking and freaking out. I mean, there's no way that this woman's daughter was prepared for this situation. It was very nerve wracking. So, you know, her driving 115 miles an hour, if she had trained for this many a time, then I'm sure she could have carried it out more responsibly, if you want to say it that way. But it was an emergency. So, I mean, there's only so much real you know, blame you can put on her in this situation in terms of like, oh, this is just something terrible that she did. Um, but, you know, ramming the car could have ended up in uh, people dying. It could have ended up in, uh, you know, a lot more cars crashing. So either way, I think that we clearly need some type of a better system that takes care of people in these circumstances so that a teenage girl or boy doesn't have to rush their parents to the hospital for something like this. Because an alternative would be an ambulance, which could cost two or $3,000 just for the trip alone. So really any way that you look at this situation, you know, nobody got shot in this. But I think that really this highlights that our healthcare system doesn't take care of people in these situations. And, you know, I mean, what was anybody really going to do in this situation? Police officers aren't trained for stuff like this either. Um, so this was really just a huge mess uh, all yeah. the way through. I think you make valid points there. Uh, you know, I jump over here when I hear 115 miles an hour. But if that were my mother, I'd be rushing to the hospital too. And you're right about the, the cost of an ambulance because there's also that it would possibly be delayed and mom might not make it. So I, yeah. I see all angles here not to just you know tap out, but it's a tough one. And I think you're absolutely right about the healthcare system.
We'll move on because there's text messages. You know, if you don't want people to find out, you don't text it. But people text anyway. They reveal in this incident the cops' threats against department whistleblowers, which this is not new, but they keep doing it. Virginia police officer is feeling betrayed and abandoned by his own department after blowing the whistle. In an interview with NBC4, nine-year veteran officer Michael Brown revealed his fellow officers not only despised him for the color of his skin, but acted to retaliate against him and other officers of color. Brown alongside his partner Thomas Lester reported officer Daryl Warmuth after striking 17-year-old Kavan Hines in the neck. That was in October of 2020. Warmuth was charged and convicted of second degree assault and misconduct in office. Officials including Prince George's County State's Attorney, Aisha Braveboy would later say Hines was not the person police were looking for. But it's what investigators found on Warmuth's phone that led to new concerns. An array of racist text messages between Warmuth and other officers serve and protect. As stated by NBC4 Washington, for instance, while discussing a criminal investigation involving black officers, Warmoth called them effing animals and remarked they were black people in a white man's job. Hmm. And another Warmoth texted a different cop, God forbid we make a black person look bad or expose them here for what they are effing animals. Text also revealed how Warmoth and others regarded Brown and Lester, calling the black officers snitches and other derogatory terms. Court records show the county would later accuse some of the texting officers of conspiring to not back up Brown's squad in the line of duty. A retaliatory act, officers called a quote, code red. Chief of Police Malik Aziz has remained largely quiet about the incident. Stop smiling. In two statements issued on Aziz's behalf, the department has made it clear that we do not tolerate racism within the department and any threat of retaliation against any officer or employee won't be tolerated. When asked about Brown's concerns specifically, the department said they worked hand in hand with state's attorney's office, the Department of Justice and the Prince George's County Office of Law to ensure that all aspects of the investigation were handled properly and in accordance with the law and departmental policies. Hmm. Department has filed administrative charges against Warmoth and a fellow officer related to the inappropriate comments. Those cases are still pending. The department said the administrative process related to Warmoth's assault charges is still ongoing too. Now there's a lot in here. The racist vile comments, Jackson, the black chief who seems to not want to weigh in on this and then issuing the just the blanket ridiculous statement about what they don't tolerate when clearly you do and it's there. And then the other thing about the Department of Justice and we're working hand in hand. What about just clean up? We got it, you're gonna cooperate with everybody. But how about clean up your backyard? How about clean up? Your department, your takeaways here from everything we kind of just outlined there. Well, I think that this is pretty standard. Um, you know, this type of uh, culture runs rampant 
within police departments and municipalities all across the country, um, especially uh, the further south you go. Uh, but also one of the parts that's uh, really rampant within police culture is this kind of a brotherhood of people protecting one another. Um, and that's how it goes. You know, police unions are, are very strong in, in keeping people in place, uh, you know, kind of no matter what they do, unless it's like incredibly egregious and the whole country is talking about it. But even that sometimes isn't enough. Um, so I think that this isn't surprising whatsoever. And the sheriff, uh, you know, he, he wants, he, he's thinking about his job. He wants to stay there. Um, he didn't put himself there. And unfortunately, or fortunately, perhaps, in terms of how we can make changes, you know, these municipalities, uh, we can get involved again in community and uh, local politics. That's how we're going to make a difference when it comes to stuff like this. There's not going to be any type of federal sweeping bill that comes anytime soon. And if it does, uh, it's not going to completely clean house uh, because the police, uh, the law enforcement system just doesn't work that way. So, yeah, so I think this is just another day in uh, law enforcement in America. I think you're right, but I also think the chief is a coward. He's a black man, and I don't like his smiling picture, Jackson. I don't like it at all. <laughs> He's got beautiful teeth, but I just find it disgusting, this quiet. Because he's the chief of everybody, but he sounds like, well, the silence is deafening. He's afraid of the union who protects police at all costs unless they're black. We're not just talking about racist vile text. We're talking about that code red we've learned about, which means we're not going to back you up. Putting their lives in danger. That's really what you're saying. We're putting their lives in danger. And I prefer, let's say, what Barack Obama said after Trayvon Martin was, and I, I'm going to keep calling it murder. He could have been my son. Could have been my son. So when Chief Malik Aziz Stay silent, I think it's cowardly. Protect all of your officers and speak truth to power. Or just sit on your hands and try to maintain yours. So I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. This is indisputable, but some housekeeping first before we get to the comments. More fans, Jackson. Brandy Nuance, YouTube member, we appreciate you. Sharon, please tell Snackson. I said, hey, it's a big red heart for you. Okay. Hey, what's up? Never gets old. I'm Snacks. I'm Snackson officially now. Okay. I said it so much, it just replaced my regular name. You just change it. You go to court and change it. Yeah, TYT, I can, right? Yeah, why not? TYT member Seth Michael Draginski. About the cops ramming that teenager's car, rushing their mother to the hospital. How the F hard would it have been for those cops to get that woman to the hospital or call an ambulance or offer an escort? Well, they go ahead and arrest the girl if they feel obligated. Hmm. Uh, more on that story. Night Eater says this wouldn't be a problem if calling an ambulance didn't put you in serious debt to your point, Jackson. Uh, and the Leslie Michelle says, what if her mom didn't make it? Those cops would be responsible. Hmm. Twitch now, more on the cops. Yes, she was speeding, but they should have understood the situation. They could have escorted them to the hospital. I thought about that too, because the hazard lights were on. Not saying that that's you know, the ultimate tip off to police, but they were on. There it is. About the texts that reveal the cop threats against department whistleblowers, those racist texts. So they're fired, 
No, huh? Weird. More Bert. That is an excellent point. We're always talking about investigations, administrative leave with pay, while the code red is ongoing. And yet no one's fired. Interesting. But you try it. Of a certain hue, you try it. Uh, let's move on to this story. It is affiliated with the um, SAG after strike, the writer's strike, all of it. But we're talking about a big star, Billy Porter here, making a stunning admission. Says he has to sell his house because of the SAG strike. SAG after strike already putting a squeeze on actors' finances. We knew that. Even for an Emmy winner, though, like Billy Porter. Porter, who shot fame, won an Emmy on the FX drama Pose, now says he has to sell his house due to the financial strain of the strike. I have to sell my house, he tells the UK's Evening Standard, because we're on strike. For an artist like Porter, until you make F you money, which I haven't made yet, life is still paycheck to paycheck, he says. I was supposed to be in a movie and on a new television show starting in September. None of that is happening. TV line with the reporting, the quotes. Porter also took a shot at that anonymous Hollywood executive, remember? Who told Deadline that the goal was to drag out the strike until writers and actors were forced to sell their homes. Quote, so to the person who said, we're going to starve them out until they have to sell their apartments, you've already starved me out. But Porter reserved his greatest ire for Disney CEO Bob Iger, who technically oversees FX among Disney's many media holdings. For Iger's recent comments saying the demands of striking writers and actors were quote, unrealistic. Quoting, to hear Bob Iger say that our demands for a living wage are unrealistic, well, he makes $78,000 a day. Porter marveled, I don't have any words for it, but F you, that's not useful, so I've kept my mouth shut. I haven't engaged because I'm so enraged. He added that while he's currently in London co-producing a musical, he will join the picket lines when he returns home. There's a lot of people, Jackson, who would say, well, he might not have made new money, but Billy Porter's made a lot, a ton. More than everyday people, but he's also a big star and it takes a lot to maintain that status. I don't know, but that's what I would think. And part of maintaining that status is what helps get him more roles and makes him such a lovable and iconic star. What do you make of his rage? And do you fear that those who speak out so strongly will face backlash? Um, well, in terms of Billy Porter, I can't speak to his personal finances. Um, I'm sure he's made enough money to where he'll be all right. And if he put it somewhere, then he'll be all right. So I can't speak to that. But I will say that a lot of these people really don't make as much money as you think that they do. Um, because if you don't own, then you get paid at the end of the day. And a lot of people got to get paid. Um, you know, and a lot of the trade off often is the, the FaceTime and the fame that you get. I mean, I, I've been offered to be on like 
Love Island type shows on VH1, and they talking about paying me like twenty five hundred dollars to get three four weeks of my time. That, that's they these people mm. really don't make that much money. Not to it, do snacks and it's <laughs> basically what I'm getting at. Well, I don't need to put I don't need to put myself out there like that at this point anyway. But but in just in, in regard of like, so you know, a lot of these people aren't necessarily uber millionaires now. At the end of the day, I think that this is more of a bigger issue for writers and people who actually are behind the scenes producing and creating this content and the battle that they have with AI and trying to be replaced and the people that we don't see. Um, so I, again, I can't speak to Billy Porter's personal finances. I think he'll be good, but I think that this is a real issue because this is corporate America doing its best to not pay people and replace people with artificial intelligence as quickly and efficiently as possible. If you don't own it, um, somebody else is always going to tell you what to do. Um, I say, add another show on YouTube, Snack Island. You can call yeah, it, and you'll yeah, own that. Yeah, you'll own good, that. Guy. We appreciate you. <laughs> tell people where they can find you. If you don't, your fans will. Oh yeah, check me out at uh, YouTube.com/slash at Politics and Paper. I stream every day. I got weekly shows, and we got a whole lot more coming. Again, that's YouTube.com/slash at Politics and Paper. Okay, Snacks, and we appreciate you. Always a pleasure. I'm Sharon Reader for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Hope to see you again soon. Indisputable is still the fastest growing news show in America compared to CNN, Fox News, and 30 other networks. We tell the truth on Indisputable because the truth is indisputable. We go places that other news media outlets refuse to go. When there were human rights abuses happening at the Victorville prison, guards and members of the community contacted us. You, through your investigative reporting, unearthed very troubling allegations about specific forms of abuse and discrimination in the federal prison system. It really doesn't take much to be a trusted voice. All it takes is to be fearless, report on matters, be an advocate. I called it the bullpen intentionally because it's a place of preparation. We present individuals who may have an opposing view, so we debate. Sometimes we interview individuals because their stories deserve to be heard. A survivor of significant police misconduct and his attorney. We covered this story earlier and to remind you of the horror of one man being shot at damn near 100 times by the police. We take time on this show to showcase the temper tantrums of Karens in the wild. We do this not because we want to see people's emotional outbursts in public, but because these incidents are emblematic of a bigger societal issue taking place across the nation, and it has to be checked. My friend, my big homie, attorney at law, Benjamin Crump. I just want to thank you, man. When educated, articulate brothers like yourself speak truth to power, it makes a great difference in changing the landscape in America. Listen, no matter what you do, don't allow the politics of ideology to evaporate the soul that still exists inside of you. They don't stop, I don't stop. Racism won't stop, I won't stop. Systemic bias won't stop, I won't stop. People still need health care, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform, so I won't stop. You won't stop either.